coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. It's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and welcome to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show. Have a real treat for you today because we're going to be talking to an actress who's claimed she's been doing this for 25 years, but I don't believe her, just to let you know. On the other end of the screen right now, we have Amy Khan. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. So so you claim you've been acting for the last 25 years, and that yeah. means you started at, what, five, six, seven years old? How'd that work? <laughs> Something like that. Maybe add a uh, ten more years to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, well, I got into theater when I was very young through like dance and was a very active child, very imaginative child. Um, and so my parents put me in theater at a very young age and was like, "This could be good for her." <laughs> and sure enough, it was. I found my passion very early and just kept going until I started finding out that you could make money and a living doing it. So that was even better. So yeah. So, so what do you think? gave you the the desire to do this as they say how did the bug bite you ah um the my earliest memory is honestly watching mtv videos the music videos and seeing the art from that and just not understanding what that was but i saw okay. kids in some of them and thinking oh i identify with that and i would like to do whatever that is because okay. that looks like so much fun um, but it just resonated like it was just honestly calling me in to do something of the arts. My dad was also he's a musician. He has a band and he's been in a band for years. So I was around a band life and about the good parts of it <laughs> and also the uh, the music, the musicality. So that was in our household all the time. And I think just two plus two, at, you know, equal four after that for me. So which would you rather do, sing or act? Oh, it's like it's I mean. It's a 50-50 for me because I, I love both mediums for telling stories through. That's the reason why I love uh, art in general and filmmaking. But I have focused mostly on acting and hopes to do more musical aspects of filmmaking or acting on stage with music. Um, I just recently am starting to do more vocals as myself, um, especially during the pandemic, which allowed us to kind of get creative with our technology and our or smools and all that, those apps to do more music on, I'm slowly but surely starting to create my own music and just trying to get myself out there as just a vocalist. Um, so it's kind of been a 50-50 part of my life aspect to it. So how's that going for you? Like you said, trying to get more of your own vocals out there. It's going, it's, you know, it's very vulnerable. <laughs> There's something about the masks of theater, right? Where you put okay. on the different masks to play the different parts. And I grew up doing a lot of musical theater in community theater in Santa Rosa, California, where I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, where I partially moved and grew up um, and grateful for all of that. But when I started going out with like my dad just to do open mics at one point, being myself was really scary. Right. <laughs> It's really hard. Like I give so much credit to people who can just be who they are as their art, um, as well as comedians who just stand up there and mm -hmm. do the work. Um, but that's been a journey for me. I, I've been working on imposter syndrome, which is a very real thing of uh, feeling like I'm not good enough yet to be out there doing it. Um, I have to earn my way right. before I can 
pronounce it type of thing. Um, but it's not true when you enjoy it and when you have a passion for it and you're able to share that with even if it's two people on the internet mm -hmm. or in person, like it matters and it feels so good when you're in the moment of it. So I'm working on it, um, but slowly, slowly but surely. So you mentioned that you live par uh, uh, in Alaska. What theater yeah. scene is there in Anchorage? There's actually an amazing performing arts uh, musical scene in Anchorage. You wouldn't think it. Really? Um, it, no, I know. It's it, People always gawk at me when they're like, really? Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is. Well, I was really lucky to live in Anchorage when I did live in Alaska. Um, it was hard to move from California to Alaska at a very young age, but I look back on it now and I'm very grateful for the experience. But they have a huge performing arts center in Anchorage, like with three to four big theaters inside. Wow. Um, I actually found out through that because I actually started doing Irish dancing when river dance was big and mm -hmm. a touring academy in Alaska. Um, and so I got involved with theater with that, loved it. I wanted to do more acting. So then mm -hmm. I got involved with um, TBA theater, which is a theater out there for youth okay. and introduced me to a summer program. And my parents basically said, well, if you like this after this experience, then we'll support your idea of going into more serious acting or in music and such. Um, and I did. <laughs> I loved it. And I'm so grateful because I think it really helped me figure things out for myself, but also keep me in a positive mindset because there were really dark days, like literally dark right. days up there, as well as just natural depression because of no sunshine mm -hmm. for so long. Um, that it activated my imagination and it gave me self-confidence and it gave me um, communication tools I hadn't had before. I'd been homeschooled one year. So I was very, I loved solitariness. I was very creative, but it's good to also, you know, interact with people. Right. It's very healthy. Um, so it really saved my life with figuring that out. And I give so much credit to a lot of theater, especially youth theater programs that do that for everybody. So I guess we could use this term loosely, but have you had any professional training? I have. Yeah. I, um, after doing theater for fun and enjoying it for years as a kid, I eventually went to a theater arts program in the Santa Rosa Junior College mm -hmm. uh, in my hometown, got my AA with theater arts and film studies. And then I transferred to, I was supposed to transfer to UCLA uh, TIFF program. My mom became sick with cancer. So we had a whole battle with that and, and ended up going to instead AMDA, which is American Musical and Dramatic Academy Conservatory. Yep. And I went to the Los Angeles campus for a year and trained like straight through. I didn't want any summer programs to end. I want to just uh, soak it all up and get out there and start working. So my audience knows that my my oldest son is an actor. And <laughs> when we talk about it or when I talk about it, people ask me, so what is he doing after college? And you look and they look at you and you, you're trying to go, OK, so how can I tell him that he's going to be an actor? He's mm. not starving. He's working. This is what he's doing, because we have this impression that if yeah. you're going to be an actor or an actress, it's going to be a career that you may not have, but you keep striving for. And for him, luckily enough, he got picked up by a, a, a group in uh, Virginia and he he's working, he's loving every minute of it. And he says, dad, this is what I want to do. And I'm, I'm very proud of him to do it. Sure. How did your parents tell people now? I know your dad's a musician, but right. Hey, my daughter's, my daughter's an actress. Did anybody give him that, that strange look on really? That means she's going to not, she's going to struggle is what it means. Right. Right. Yes. Um, well, to be, to be honest, who doesn't struggle, though, in our day right. of life? That's a big thing, too, that a lot of people when we have a conversation about, um, would you rather struggle through something that is 
miserable, gives you stress. You're not happy. It's, you know, it, it's, you got to be responsible. Like I went to college because I chose to go to college to move down to Los Angeles because I didn't want to just pick up my, my luggage and hop on the next bus and take me to mm -hmm. Hollywood. You know, like that wasn't my goal. I really wanted to plan it out. But for, and, and I definitely recommend that for people to like save up enough money to, you know, it's an expensive trade. <laughs> you have to get headshots. You have to get, you know, your agent commission stuff. Like there's a lot of things that add up. But I think for my parents, they knew that I was so passionate about it that I was focused on it. And it wasn't just a trend. This was something that was a lifestyle choice. This was something that was a part of who I am. I'm not going to be happy in my personal life if I don't find that out myself okay. and make that decision for myself, right? And it this been struggled with my parent. My mom was always really, she passed away in 2009. So she was my rock and like really connected. My dad and I had our issues as, as wanting to me to have the best life. Right. But, but also knowing that you have to make the choices and the risks because that's that's life anyway. You know, um, you need to have a not a backup plan. I hate that word. I hate that terminology because you don't need a backup plan if you know what you're doing, if you really want to do something. But you also have the right to change your mind. If something doesn't work out 10 years, 15 years later, maybe five years, it's your life. Maybe there's something else that you're passionate about and you want to try. A lot of people did that after the pandemic, right? Because they just oh, yeah. didn't live the same life anymore. Um, but I think just being honest with yourself and knowing with, I think, the parenting, the fact that my parents were just supportive no matter what. They wanted me to be happy. But even after La La Land, my dad's like, that's cool. It's like, <laughs> they just not in his real house. You know, like he, I love him, but he's a musician. His music is everything. Just as my art, you know, encompass, yeah. like, umbrella is my everything. Um, it gives me fuel. It gets me love. It gives me everything that I need to keep going, even through the hardships. I mean, I don't, unless you're a 1%, you know, actor out there, the A-listers, People are going to have side businesses. People right. are going to have, you know, whether it's p delivering post, uh, you know, Postmates and food, where mm -hmm. you make your own money. The fact is, try to find something that balances it out because there's no shame in having a survival job or whatever right. they want to call it. Actually, I like that. I never heard a survival job before. Yeah, okay. it's, it's like a terminology. It's not terminology, but like a lingo. But it's a, to me, it's a thriving job. It makes mm -hmm. you do, you know, allows you to pay the bills, the expensive bills we all have in different right. ways. To do what we want and love and have be able to be in a stress-free environment to focus on that when we have the time and, and time management, right? I mean, this is a business. So I say first and foremost, they'd call it show business for a reason. Right. And I wish that more art schools would definitely teach the business side more of how and what. I mean, it's always changing because it's a kind of new pioneer age with tech now. Right. Nobody's really going in for auditions in person anymore. We're all doing it from like self-tape at home. And it's just, it's weird. It's different. But as artists have done for centuries, you have to adapt to the times. And um, yeah, so I I mean, I took back to your original question. I think it's just find what you love. And that's what my mom always told me. You, <laughs> You have to do what you love or, you know, what else are you going to do in life? Just a live it. A few it weeks ago, a musician, I asked basically the same question. And he said, you sound like my dad right now. He says, but I <laughs> don't have a plan B because if I had a plan B, that means I couldn't focus on my plan A. Right. And for me to do this, I have to be 100% committed to plan A. 
Right. And I'm going, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. That really does. So I go through and look at your international movie database. And you mentioned you were in La La Land, just a small film that no, not not, not many people saw. Not that anybody said it was going to be the the revival of the musical or anything. But you did something (laughs) that I watched. And I think it, I I think Uh you had to have a special (laughs) taste for it. Because we sure. know the one actor from what he's done on TV, and that's the Kelsey Grammer, Bill Zucker comedy hour that is one of the most unusual things I think I've ever watched online. Okay. Especially yeah. Bill Zucker. I mean, I, I trying to figure this out. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, he passed away. Yeah. But, but it, it is just very unique. How did you get into that? I, you know, I try to wrap my brain on it. It was so long ago now. Um, when I was I only 12 somebody. years ago. Jeez. Yeah, I was like 12 years ago. <laughs> like 15, actually, now. But yeah, I, I met Bill through a mutual f- musician for my friend, uh, Joe Nielsen, who's a lyricist. And we're actually writing songs together right now still. But he was a friend of his, and we were introduced. And I was new to L.A., and Bill, is a, Bill was a wonderfully crazy and innovative and I say crazy with love, like a good, crazy, innovative artist um, that just loved to create and be in the limelight and, you know, talk to everyone and all the celebrities. Um, and we just hit it off because he was a hoot. He was just a great energy of just positivity and, and fun. And I wanted to be more on the creative side of filmmaking. So he was teaching me th- like how to do filmmaking as well. Um, he was a pianist and a singer. He had his music out there that's wacky and fun as well um but i just really respected his creativity and his innovativeness and um we i did that show briefly and then we would go to events or we'd meet people at events and it was just a lot of fun my first like year and a half two years into the new age of la and um i felt safe it wasn't like a weird thing it was really really nice to have a friend that i could actually count on and like work with on the red carpet or you know meet new connections and networking because it's a huge you know this whole business is huge with connecting and, and networking and you don't want to waste your time but you want to meet people but you also don't want to waste your time with people who aren't there for the right reason you know so it was in, it was a fun interesting time um and I do miss him because he's he was always fun just to have a you know conversation with or he would play sometimes at a place in called Nick's in uh Beverly Hills where he was the pianist and singer for like an hour. It was like very New York type of mm-hmm. cabaret sometimes, some jazz nights and just a different energy that you don't see a lot of anymore, unfortunately. So a lot of the stuff you've done, and, and I, I think it's interesting how they title it, um, that they call it TV miniseries. And most of it because yes. it's it's streaming services, correct? Right. As a lot yeah. of this has been on. And, I, and I'm and i still wrapping my head around this we whole streaming <laughs> thing right now. And I've right. talked to a lot of uh, actors and actresses recently that said that because of their older work, it introduced a new audience to it. Now, your work is relatively new. And now you're competing for all these people to watch what you're doing in this vast land of, of options. Yeah. How do you decide what what role to take to give you that 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 exposure that you finally want to get no that's a great question and you know you don't really have control over that unless you are the a-listers that you know have the contracts and the right um agents to do it with um but for 
us who don't have that yet, if any, um, you, you know, I, I just, I, I like to pick projects that are diverse and entertaining and fun. If I can learn something new or I try a new type of character um, that I don't usually go out for, that's fun for me. That's like molding a sculpture. Like, mm -hmm. like okay, what can we do with that? Um, and I really just kind of let it be. Honestly, it's like, if it works, great. If it can go out, like the, you know, I did the uh, Once Upon a Time rock opera, which was an amazing experience. Yeah. It was a creative that. content that, that I was, was like, oh, very, I, love, I love the idea. Was. I want to be a part of that. Cool. And then it blew up to be this like tour with un unofficially, but officially with some of the conventions that lined up with mm -hmm. the actual cast members. And we got a whole, like knew the cast. They brought us backstage at times. Like it was a phenomenal experience and a great piece of art. Um, but I had no idea I was going to do that. You right. know, you just kind of have to use your intuition and feel like if it's right for you, try it out. And again, it's a risk and maybe it will work, maybe it won't, but I got a great experience out of it. So on to the next one and then on to the next one and just keep creating, keep that energy flowing and momentum going, you know? Um, and I'm always looking for new innovative things, like especially with technology. Like right now I'm part of this uh, film series called Will, uh, Film Buff, excuse me. And we're starting to do like live streaming every Monday to talk about the art and love of filmmaking and films from uh, all the classic eras. Right. And it's fun. So that energy really relates to other people, like just a good conversation having and going mm -hmm. where they get more involved as they get to, you know, see you more and stuff like that. But yeah, as for projects though, it's, it's really a hit and miss. You have to choose what's right for you. Is there any project that you've been on that you really thought was going to make it? And unfortunately it didn't find an audience. Probably, yes, there was this one little web series, again, starting at the very beginning, um, called Lala Long Distance that I got to be a part of. It was about a down-her-luck actress with a phone sex operation because she couldn't get a job during the recession in 2008. And I was a uh, lead actress and uh, co-producer on it. And my friend from college, uh, Don Melissa, she had created it and it was brilliant. Um, we won some web series festival awards and people were starting to talk about it. It was kind of that middle beginning part um, where Diary of a Black Girl by Issa Rae was getting raved too. And that brought her to Insecure later on. Um, so we were in the hustle and bustle of it. We were feeling it as creators as well as the actors. And then it just kind of didn't go anywhere because even though it was big on online with a lot of like different they had like different platforms back then before the live streaming started. Um, it just, you know, was good on YouTube, but it didn't, wasn't seen by the right people in the right age. And unfortunately, maybe we'll bring it back or something, but Actually, that's, I, I think, you never know, you know, I think you there, should, because there is a scene in it and I actually watched some of them Okay, that <laughs> you are practicing your name. Uh huh. And she goes, but you don't look like that. Well, I don't have to. I'm on the phone. And right. just the banter back and forth is just amazing because she's very dry. And you're trying, and I mean, you can see the frustration with you trying to communicate <laughs> what you're trying to do. And I thought it was very intriguing when I saw that. So awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone talk about that for a while. So thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a really fun acting bit because. Every episode was different and I did have to play with different like character stereotypes and mentalities and like at the same time at like the, the, the mirror scene. Yeah. 
Um, it was fun. That's fun, you know, to like figure out how do you do that in your imagination. Um, so yeah, I applaud uh, Don Melissa who created that, and I would love to get it up and running again. But maybe it'll be on like Amazon Video Direct. They're starting to put mm -hmm. web series on there and stuff now too. So there's hoping because we had a whole new season to start when like season two, and then funding pulled out, a producer pulled out because of some personal thing. And just, you know, it just falls apart sometimes. Sometimes right. things don't work. It's not because it's bad or there's malice involved or anything. It just, it's a living, brilliant entity. And then it kind of just dissipates. It just goes away sometimes, unfortunately, unless you really keep it going, you know, for yourself. Um, Cause I, again, like I said, that was, that was, that was entertaining. It really was because you gotta, you gotta watch it for a little bit to figure out what's going on. Sure. And then once you figure out what's going on, it's going, okay. And yeah. there's one where you, the two of you are driving in a car um, that made me remember. All I could think of is uh, what we're seeing on on uh, on TikTok right now. And I guess mm -hmm. you were dancing or whatever it was. And it was and that again, that was that yeah. was the first one I saw. And that's okay. what I'm going on. Wait a minute. Then I watched a little bit more and then I got it. Now, the other thing you were on, too, um, which was uh, what was it? The B in Apartment 23. Uh, don't trust the beat yeah, in yeah. apartment 20th which the funny thing is i love that program and it was on what 10 was, 15 years ago something like that and it only lasted two seasons okay. <laughs> i'm sorry and it, i said it only lasted two seasons unfortunately right what was weird is that so they shot that in basically a year but they then they cut it up for a two part season. Okay. Because what was interesting, there's two episodes I worked on, um, and we shot it both like in the same week. Again, this is how filmmaking is. Though. They will shoot out of order, and it's all weird, and, and script is all weird, and you just have to use your imagination to remember what's what. But they they cut it up and then made it the next like the episode that was supposed to be in the next season and to be with the whole script it just was weird to see it experienced from the first degree of that then to see it released that way um it makes sense and everything you know they know what they're doing but yeah it was unfortunate that it couldn't be longer at least three seasons um the fans are huge with that they love that show and they actually petitioned to try to bring it back when like they were trying to do that with a lot of shows um it didn't make it unfortunately but i guess there's always a possibility in the future i know the actors would probably would love to be a part of it again uh but it was just very smart comedy and creativity uh again the even the angles of how they cut right. the you know inner monologues or fantasies and then it would be back and that's what like light long distance we did with that a little bit too um don was brilliant with that and a little ahead of her time because it was interesting to see the inner monologues as a fantasy but then come back to reality and like it was smart, you know, creation of that. Um, but yeah, working with those actors on Don't Trust the Bee was amazing. Uh, they are great. It made me realize I would love to do more TV because it was a hybrid of theater and film coming together with the, the overall feeling of being on the soundstage with them and like the little apartment you know, that they were and um, the facades that was magic behind it. You know, it just it, it really puts fuel in my fire. I just like love being a part of that. So when you do when you do uh, the stuff that you do, what genre would you rather do? Would you rather do comedy? Would you rather do, we'll say, horror? Would you rather do musical? What would you rather do? Oh, what do I have to pick? No, <laughs> I honestly, I really love like dramedy. Okay. I love comedy that gives some reality though with some drama to it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love the the hybrid of dramedy um, or or like just dry humor. 
I love British humor. Um, but also I think, yeah, just, just dramedy. Dramedy is fun. <laughs> it's just fun. You know, you can do a lot with it. I mean, I would, dr my dream, I would love to do is sci-fi. I've never, I mean, I've okay. done a little, but I really, I'm a Star Trek nerd. I've been a Star Trek nerd since I was a kid. Love TNG. Love the concept of what Roddenberry made with just a progressive, you know, very equal world in the future. And we try to do what's best for all people. I love the idea behind that. Um, and it'd be fun to just be a part of a world like that and get dressed up with prosthetics or just mm -hmm. a new character of a different species. Like it just the imagination is endless. And that's also a wonderful thing about that franchise that keeps growing. So um, when you when you look back at it, have, have you done a lot of auditions for TV or a lot more of it for movie? I would say if I really looked on the like like a whole list, probably yeah. more for films. OK, um, it was during the year like 2015, 2016. I really started going up for a lot of TV with the agent I had uh, who also booked me for American Crime Story and La La Land. And it was so fun. I, I mean, they're like movies now on TV now, you know, how the right. streams are. Um, and there's so much content now that it's really good for work for us actors to be a part of, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, that's about it though. So that would be interesting you say that. You're saying that you're doing these, these, uh, you're not really doing live reads anymore. You're actually recording yeah. us. How yeah. difficult that is for you, because I've talked to people. I talked to one yesterday who was big in the 1970s, Lee Purcell, and she said she's used to going in and readings off of somebody. But it's so hard to do it here because you're just looking at a, uh, a camera and you have yeah. no interaction. And it, how hard is that? Well, it's weird, especially if you were trained or grew up in theater, which mm -hmm. is all about energy. It's all about, you know as funny as it may sound, I shine my light on you and you shine your light on mine. Right. And we, you know, a very intimate conversation or scene that we can create from, even if, if, if it's improv or whatever. When you take that element away, unless it's like a commercial read where you're just by yourself and it's emotional or, you know, facial expressions, whatever, that works. But when you are supposed to be giving, you know, an, an actual dialogue with each other, right eye to eye you can imagine that but no even the greatest oscar winners it's going to be hard for because even when you used to go into the rooms into the production of the studio rooms or whatever to go across the person with the cast casting director they at least are human and they can give you something back even if it's deadpan at least it's something but to have no one there it's you're doing double time now you have to imagine there is when you should just be able to focus your own work okay. on what you're doing in the moment uh i had a personal experience of this recently where i i had a call back for it was commercial for a samsung commercial but i went in the room for the callback with my new husband on my side and the casting and we went inside and they used to be like for callbacks you would have maybe five to ten people sitting on a couch with their computers mm -hmm talking they're, they're talking to the client somewhere else but they're still like in the room and this time my first experience of this ever uh after the pandemic was that it was just the casting director operating the camera and a computer no screen towards us totally against towards the wall to him and then a voice just comes booming out please turn around let me see like to do a thing right. 
and then I'm just thinking, I feel like I'm almost in a jail, like <laughs> telling me, like, you know what I mean? It was really just, just, it wasn't prepared. I didn't know right, that was going to be the case. It was a little like startling at first. And then um, just kind of got back into it, of course, focus. But they kept asking us to do stuff, change the scene a little bit here and there. And it was good, but it was just so weird not to have at least one more person who was like, the actual casting for the the client or whatever. Right. Um, but they expect to have this voice booming at us and like, just imagine nothing's happening at all. You know, like it was just very weird. So we're trying to adapt. I'm trying to adapt to that. Um, and with auditions for, you know, TV, they're just asking for self tapes. So mm-hmm. luckily my boyfriend and I, we live together and he is also an actor. And so he and I can help each other on those right. situations. And that's very, I'm very grateful for that. But um, yeah, it's it's a new adaption we have to make, and if it ever changes back, I don't know. I don't think it will because of the cost effectiveness of it as well. But yeah, it's it's definitely different than what we've ever been trained for or ex- have experienced before. And I'm gonna miss the old way because it was part of the experience. Like I would go on the lot and I would go see the agent, and we would have right. experience, and then I could walk a little bit, you know, with a coffee on mm-hmm. the studio lot of Paramount or Warner Brothers or or Disney, and then that's not really happening anymore until you are, you're actually working on the studio a lot, you know? So, so in other words, you, you were prepping for the role in La La Land so well because you were walking on the lot. I was, yes, <laughs> I was, I was soaking that in. They wanted a classic Hollywood actress. I was going to give it to them. <laughs> what was funny is I was working at a, as a hostess at the time at a, a hotel in LA and Emma uh, Stone mm-hmm. would come in for lunch a lot. And so I knew her previously for for at least a year, consistently knowing her face to face and having conversations with her prior. So it was really fun to play the opposite with her oh, yeah. <laughs> in that scene because she she was really cool. She, you know, she's very humble. She's very down to earth. And she was just like, it, it was just fun to play with her with that in the moment because mm-hmm. we understood like the reality of it. Right. So I know a lot of people during the pandemic started doing vo- voiceover work. Did you look into that? I did. Um, I, but I focused more on my vocals as a singer. Okay. With, that was when I started thinking, okay, I really would like to start a at home studio for music and voiceover because my boyfriend is a voiceover actor. He's really, he's, he's really talented. He's trying to get more into that. Um, but, and I would like to do more voiceover. I'd like to, to get more information on how to do that better than just like, I've done little things, but, um, but we also have a podcast for the late night lockdown and we would love to also utilize that for that. So it's right. really important. I think uh, for a lot of artists, even if you, even if it's not your, like your favorite thing, but just don't limit yourself. Like we are, it's almost like an umbrella effect right now for a lot of artists, you right. know, as you can act, you can sing, if you can, you know, do creative content, if you can create a podcast, if you can create, you know, fun little scripts for TikTok. I mean, it's just, I'm not a huge TikTok fan, but I love the concept that these apps have with the technology for a filmmaker or love people who are film buffs themselves and love to create creative with filmmaking. You have literally right at the tip of your fingers. It's amazing. Like my 10 year old brain, if I had had that back then, oh, I can yeah. only imagine what I would be creating at home. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's, it's interesting amazing. that you said that you're not a fan of TikTok. Um, because I, I think about it. I, I'm a, I'm yes. an old radio guy. I worked in radio yes. a long time. I awesome. moved everything. I moved everything to what I'm doing now. And 
you have these people that have never had any background or experience and all of a sudden they do one thing Mm -hmm. and wow, they're everywhere. And I know it's happening for people like me. Are you seeing people that you've never heard of before all of a sudden become forefront in acting or theater or music? And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's my time in. Why didn't they? I know it is. It's frustrating at times um, because money, you know, it's all about help bringing in the money and bringing in the traffic. Right. Right. So if you have what, 50 a million followers or whatever, the whatever it could be, 50,000 followers, that's going to bring in more ratings, per se. Right. And I so I, as the business side, I get why they do it. Is it right? <laughs> is it ethical? I don't know. Um, it does suck that we are kind of pushed aside if you don't have as much. And I don't like playing with the idea of like, oh, I got to get my ratings up. I got to right. get, you know, I just want to create. But from a business side of the, of the industry, you have to at least have a presence growing so that it's something that they can work with when you have your representation or casting can work. Because they ask you now, like I've gone into auditions where they ask at the very end, and how many followers do you have? Yeah. And it, it really, it disappoints me just because it, you know it's about that more than the work you just put in. For some, not for all, of course, but for some. And it's just unfortunate that our society and our culture is there instead of honoring the arts more, honoring the communication more, because that's what it really is when it comes down to, you know, on the different platforms. It has to be deflating because I guess they're asking you to bring, are you bringing an an audience with you? Right. what they're looking for. Um, Right. So I think it's interesting, but you say the way the arts are being treated we're noticing across the United States that they're the first thing that gets cut in school budgets are arts, theater, Art. music, stuff like that. Yeah. And your opinion on that, because I know if a lot of kids didn't have that, they never experience it. Right. No, I, I think that is so lethal to our society and, and, and to our democracy and to our just livelihoods. Um, you don't have to want to be a famous actor or actress, a thespian or whatever um, when you do the arts, it's about opening yourself up and experiencing the arts in a way that you, it could be helpful for therapy or anxiety. It can be helpful for self-confidence in children and communication in children who didn't, who were shy maybe and couldn't open up. I was one of those kids when I was a kid. I love being creative at home, but when I got into public, I was very like shy and, and, and push back and, and the theater helped me to speak louder and have diaphragm and projection and, you know, to be accepted and to understand differences and cultural differences and different time frames where how people were treated in different worlds. It helped me to realize um, even if it doesn't happen to me, I can still empathize and sympathize for other people who are walking in different shoes and different lives in different eras even because you have to use your imagination. Right to try to at least understand a little bit of what that life was like for somebody else. Um, And I think that's so important in today's society, let alone children and early development, because we don't have a lot of empathy or sympathy for uh, society or humans these days or for animals even too. So I think if we had that, we would have a lot less issues going on in the world. You know, and I've, I mean, budget cuts for arts has been going on since I was a child. Right. Well, it's, it's been going always, on since I was a child. That was a yeah, lot longer exactly. before you. So it, it tells you a lot about our, our culture and society. And, and I personally believe that needs to change. 
because I um, you mentioned the imagination and we're noticing at least from the, 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 the parents I've talked to and stuff like that, that their kids have lost imagination because all we've done is we've done testing, 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 testing. Yeah. And we've not let them be creative and we're losing the creative aspect of what goes on in the school. And people don't understand that you need creativity. If you didn't Absolutely. have creativity, what would our buildings look like? What would right? our furniture look like? Yeah, it's not just TV like? and film. What it's clothes. And everything is related in some way, shape or form. And to me, it amazes me that they don't see it. Yeah, I don't understand how. I mean, I can understand if you're if you're in a cave and you're you're really in your own little isolated bubble, but I don't understand the concept that you can't try to understand that it helps people and it's helpful for society. Right. It's helpful for children, especially children. I mean, I I valued the time that I used to play with my cousins in our yard outside safely you know, from any right. strangers or, or cars, but just to use that imagination, no TV. I mean, we had TV, but we didn't choose to watch it. We wanted to play the playtime. You know, that's what acting is. It's playing the part, playing the scene. You're playing with the ideas of the what if, you know, um, and that helps the brain to, you know, as young, as young adults or kids to really make decisions for themselves, especially later. And like I said, have confidence in themselves later on, it's it's huge, and these are you know these are all studied in data to st statistics. Excuse me, on um for years, for decades, and also speech impediment, which I had as well, and I uh -huh. still work on it. But like having wrote dialogue or lyrics when I sang or music helped me to speak clearly, helped me to have diction. All these things that are lost on a lot of kids these days, or hardly are you know taught anymore. Um, yeah, it it really. I don't have children myself, but I have nieces and nephews and I really feel for them because I hope that they at least get that from home. Right. But that's never guaranteed either. Yeah. You know, it's not, like I said, it's not just the entertainment world. It's like you said, architects, fashion designers, you know, everything. Yeah. yeah it, it, it is. It's just a shame. So what do you have coming up that we'll be able to see you in? Uh, so I have an independent film called second chances uh, written in, starring Ryan Ochoa and directed by David Vonghouse Jr. He was uh, just working on Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, that's coming out next year, I believe in the, they haven't given a specific date, but I think in the spring for 2023, it was a lot of fun to work on. And then I have a short film called uh, A Tale of Earl Grey. It was a kind of, um, without saying too much, kind of Western sci-fi was really fun oh, it was a i thought really i thought it was about tea there for a minute i didn't know yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> earl gray hot yeah <laughs> no unfortunately i do love the name um i don't know i honestly don't know why they named it that too i always wanted to ask the director that but yeah directed by michael king and, and written by kevin kapalis and um and uh that one is coming out we're they're still in post-production but we're trying to hit the festivals with that one in time okay. and then um the film buff series which i told you about which was on mondays uh, on uh, Instagram, Film Buff Show, and we were actually just fundraised and uh, got the full amount that we needed for the film, the second season of the film series to start. So oh, okay. that's start future. But, um, you know, anywhere on my platforms, you'll always see stuff coming up. So always keeping busy and keeping creative. Well, Amy, it was a total pleasure to be able to talk to you today. I really enjoyed this. Me too. Uh, Thank you for the conversation. And I, I, and I wish you the best of luck. And I'd love to have you back on again. 
in the future to talk more, maybe not even about acting, but it's just great to talk to you about uh, what's going on in the world and and getting another perspective, especially from someone um, out West, because I'm here back in, uh, in, on the East coast, I'm South of the city of Pittsburgh. So again, it, it's a, it's a, a balance of trying to figure out what's going on in other parts of the country. Well, so. yep. It's good to communicate, man. It's good to listen and communicate with each other. When we live in this one country, we all need to respect and need and enjoy that with each other. You know what I mean? Oh. Amy, you have a great rest of your day and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, a big thank you goes out to Amy Khan. Really enjoyed the conversation today. Hopefully you did too. And hopefully we can have her back on the program again. So Amy, thank you very much. And everyone else, thank you for watching and listening to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com.